I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 221. And right off the bat, we just want to say thank you for StoryWorth for sponsoring this podcast. Y'all, Father's Day is coming up and StoryWorth is the perfect gift for Father's Day. Because with StoryWorth, you get to use this online service that really helps you to get to know your dad or whomever that father figure is in your life by sharing stories and memories that get preserved for years to come. Yes, every week, StoryWorth emails your dad or father figure a thought-provoking question of your choice from huge selection, and each unique prompt asks questions that you never thought of. Because here's the thing, you think you know somebody, but there's always stories about them that you don't. And one day when they pass, you're going to think of something and go, damn, I wish I would have asked them that. Yes. And with StoryWorth, you don't have that. You get all of those memories captured. Like for me, my dad's from Honduras. That's a part of his life that he didn't share a lot of. And I mean, when he died, those stories died with him. And not everybody's parents is tech savvy. I think that that's something cool that you could do with them. If they don't do anything on the computer, like you could go to their house and spend some quality time with them and be like, ask them that question and type their answer for them. Because what happens is after a year, StoryWorth compiles all the answers to those questions because your father can also include pictures and then those answers to those questions those stories those photos they're all compiled into this beautiful keepsake book that everyone can enjoy and it lasts a lifetime and we all know that we have those family albums we're like wait who is that who's that? You know, you don't know, but now you would. You would have, oh, that's Joe, and here's the story that goes along with that. Because as the generations come, you forget who is who and all of those different things. By creating a book and story worth, you can pass that down to generation to generation, and they'll always have those special moments and those stories from your father. Yes, so give all of the fathers in your life a meaningful gift that you can both cherish for years to come. Again, it is StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash creep. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash creep to save $10 on your first purchase. So go to storyworth.com slash creep. C-R-E-E-P. While talking about memories... This has been a very busy week. Carrie has had two milestones happen in the span of 24 hours. So if you're in Patreon and you're on the Discord, you saw this. And then I did post it in the Facebook group too. But long story short, sorry to everybody who's new to this podcast and is like, I don't know anything about y'all. But normally our intros are not this long, but shit happens in life. And, you know, some of y'all have been with us for four years and you want to know these things. So here's everything um i love how you say long story short uh girl give us a long detailed version we want to know all the deets okay so back in april april 1st to be exact my dad was diagnosed with leukemia aml to be exact if you are medical and want to know it was something that um he didn't want me to talk about on the podcast so obviously i respected his wishes and didn't talk about anything The leukemia really, honestly, it was something that was treatable. It was something that the hematologists and oncologists were like, we've got this, like we can do some chemo. Like originally they thought that he was going to have to stay in the hospital for, you know, four to six weeks for the chemo, but 
turned out when they did a few more tests on his bone marrow biopsy, it was like, hey, let's actually do a little bit of chemo in the hospital and then we send you home with pills. So first it's like, aw, and then it's like, oh, okay, okay, manageable. So of course, with any type of leukemia, you get neutropenic fevers because your white blood cells are too low. And so you, like the smallest little thing can get you sick. So he was kind of in and out of the hospital with fevers that we didn't really know what was the cause of it. But he had had this long-standing sore on his left big toe because he's diabetic. I mean, I'm talking, we've been dealing with this toe and this sore and infections and all of the sorts um, since like my sophomore year in high school. I was about to say years. Yes, decades. So he was in the hospital in Jackson for his chemo and all of that. But at some point, because everything's kind of running together, at some point he went back up to Jackson because the local hospital was like, we've given you all these antibiotics for your neutropenic fever. We don't really know what's going on. We're sending you back to Jackson. Infectious disease comes in and all the things are like, okay, we've got to amputate your toe. You know, with the chemo and all that, I was, of course, terrified because I was like, I don't know if he's going to survive going under. But they just did a nerve block, took his toe off, and he actually did really great with that. No pain. Of course, he had uh, diabetic neuropathy, so he doesn't really feel his feet, but no pain, anything like that. They started testing the toe to see like, okay, well, what is it that's in the toe that's causing this infection? He was having some trouble with his lungs, you know, still running fever and all of that after they took the toe off and it came back as a fungal infection. Then we found out that the fungal infection was actually in his lungs as well and spleen too. Anyway, lungs and spleen. Really, really bad in his lungs though. So they started, I'm probably saying it wrong, this list, I think it's called um, amphotoserin. I'm probably saying it wrong, but ampho for short. So they started this really, really, really strong antifungal, and it was extremely hard on his body. Changed his vision. We thought he had a stroke, but they tested. He didn't end up having a stroke, but like hallucinating, slurring his words. I mean, you know, very like stroke-like symptoms, all the things. So while he was on that medicine, it was just really, really, really hard on his body. Wasn't getting out of bed, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't do anything but try to survive. At first they said they would be able to do that strong IV antifungal for two weeks and then go home on pills. But then they were like, no, it's too aggressive. Like the Infection's too aggressive. We have to keep him, maybe go to like a long-term acute care facility so that he can continue to get the IV of the antifungals. While all this is going on, the leukemia actually went in remission. And so they were able to stop the chemo for just a little while was the plan to try to, you know, just really just those two weeks that he was supposed to be on the info to get the fungal infection under control so that he could start the chemo again. But the fungal infection never got under control, so they couldn't start the chemo. So the leukemia came back. His count started dropping again. No, they never did another bone marrow biopsy, but, you know, when your counts are dropping, we know what's going on. It became a decision of, you know, they couldn't treat the leukemia while he was getting the ampho because his body wouldn't be able to fight the fungal infection because his white blood cell counts and all that would drop too low. If you treat the fungal infection, you can't treat the leukemia. If you treat the leukemia, you can't treat the fungal infection. And it basically became a point that was incurable. Colby and I had been talking and I eventually asked my mom, do we need to come up to the hospital? Because he had been in the hospital over a month at this point. Do we need to come up to the hospital and get married here? And mom was like, I don't think so. He had another scan coming up 
on like last Wednesday. So it was like, let's just wait and see what this scan says. And then once we know that, we can make our decision. But on the Sunday before he was due the scan, the doctors basically came in and said, we've done everything we can do. It's, it's time to go hospice. So we decided to bring him home to a local hospice house called Asbury Hospice House, which is fucking amazing. That place is, goes above and beyond. But so we decided to bring him home. And that's the day that we decided to just figure this out and do the wedding at the hospice house. Colby and I went and talked to the hospice house. They were so excited to help us make this wedding happen before dad passed away. It just grew and became of life of its own, this wedding. And, you know, what I pictured to be just this little small, maybe in dad's room or they had a little conference room. Maybe this little conference room became this in, in the best possible way a wedding that, like I said, took a life of its own. Tyra, who was like, I think she's the marketing director at Asbury, reached out to the community and a bunch of different places, donated stuff like flowers and chairs and food. And my niece, Hannah, who married my nephew, Cody, she did, I can't even, I don't even, literally everything. Amazing. Literally everything. The only thing Colby and I had to do was the stuff that we had to do, like buy a dress, get a suit get a marriage license yeah rings rings like literally and and even the rings worked out too because you know a couple of the other jewelers were because this all happened on sunday afternoon all of these other jewelers were closed on monday and she was like have you tried it's called a may jewelers or may jewelry a-m-a-y anyway she was like have you tried them and she like text the owner and they were like get them here by five and we can have it done and they did they literally moved mountains and got us both our wedding bands on that Sunday when we talked it was kind of awesome because he was pretty clear like the medicine made him hallucinate and you know he wasn't cognitively clear but you know when we were deciding to do the hospice and all of that he was you know he was pretty lucid and he said that I may not be able to walk you down the aisle but I want to say like who gives this woman away her mother and I because he's done it for my three older sisters and I was like, we're going to make this happen, Dad. Like, we're, we will get married. We're going to make this happen. So, Wednesday. So, that was on a Sunday. By Wednesday. Yes. So, by Wednesday, Dad had kind of taken a turn for the worse. Um, went and, I mean, he would talk a little, but, you know, he was only sleeping. And I, I can't even, I, I'm not even doing a good enough job explaining how everyone came together to make this, like, the most beautiful and amazing wedding like abby elizabeth makeup who we took that class through she did my makeup that day um which was like the most beautiful makeup you've ever seen stunning um amanda who does my who always does my hair my friend megan and her mom met me at that salon and like took care of my hair and they met me with champagne like mimosas and a charcuterie board and Um, Because, you know, like I had to go do that by myself because everybody's mom's with dad. Two sisters are trying to get everything going everywhere else. One sister's up at the hospice house decorating. Like, so it wasn't, you know, Colby went with me to find a wedding dress. Like it was nothing. It was very emotional because, of course, like Colby's sitting there and I'm like, my mom and my sisters are supposed to be the one watching me try this on. And this is supposed to be a secret for him. And but everything just came together so beautifully. But I, I don't know. I just I cannot even express like all the people who came together for what was in my head was just going to be this very, very small, like at the bedside to the literal most beautiful wedding I've ever seen in my life. One of Colby's co-workers is an ordained minister and married us and did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. It was truly just the 
most beautiful wedding I've ever been to. Super special. But like I said, dad had kind of taken a turn because our plan was to put him in like the maybe a, like a bedside chair because he couldn't sit up that long. So I knew we weren't gonna be able to like, put him in a wheelchair. We weren't even able to do that. Uh, my nephew Cody pushed him in his bed down the aisle and I just held his hand. But he was there and that's all that matters. You know, I thought, of course, you and Cody were both transporters. And Kyle too. Kyle helped too. You oh, saw did, him yeah. like helping with Cody get him in and out too and yeah but I was like y'all were both transporters in the hospital and because I saw you like do like uh I had to take it off steer yeah and so I was like of course <laughs> I would have been like oh <laughs> well I was about to get crushed I had to take it off steer so I could <laughs> shove it away so I could get my ass through there <laughs> but I was like again everything happens for a reason sometimes and it's like you know what to do in those mm-hmm. moments you know like seriously I would have been like oh yeah, <laughs> but he was there and he couldn't t- couldn't talk at that point. Mom had to give me away, but it was beautiful and it was short and it was sweet and it was everything I could have ever dreamed of. And less than twelve hours after the wedding, my dad passed away. So the day that this episode comes out will be the day of my dad's funeral. I didn't think about that. So it was just incredibly special, and I cannot thank everyone who chipped in and got things donated and or donated things and organized things and made this happen because that's all he was holding on for was that wedding, which makes me feel selfish, but I know he wouldn't have had it any other way, but I'm extremely lucky because he was an amazing man and there's just been such an outpouring of people who loved him and have reached out and that he was their coach or coworker or everything and how much they loved him and admired him and it's been great to hear that but I'm gonna miss him and I know my mom is they've been married almost 54 years so it's gonna be hard coming up but we are gonna figure it out but Colby and I are married (laughs) that's all talk about a wedding and a funeral I I did post one picture in the Facebook group and so many people commented and it was wouldn't let me load all of the comments so if I didn't like your comment it's because I couldn't get it to load I was getting so like I've literally been trying for like three fucking days to get those comments to load and it's just not happening so I've tried one computer that didn't work I'm gonna try another one because that computer was going so damn slow (laughs) there's a carry we know and love (laughs) I know I don't know what this crime I was gonna say it's a rare sighting (laughs) an emotional carry Last night, I was like, and I'm going to hug you for 20 seconds. You said 30. Oh, 30 seconds straight. And she was like, you can because of trauma. And I was like, yay, trauma. Yeah, because one time I let you hug me for something. And you said that. You're like, yay, trauma. Because something had just happened. I don't even remember what it was. Oh, it was when he got diagnosed. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. And I, I let, she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you let me hug you that long. So needless to say, too. I've had a lot of fucking shit going on. Yes. So this episode is going to be a little different. I'm not doing a story. This is just going to be Donna. Yes. Uh, thank you for taking the reins and doing all the things this past week because my brain is mush and I've just been a little busy. Yeah, just just a little bit. All right. Enough of that sadness. Hit me with your story. Well, first, I have some wedding traditions because, you know, you got married. But these are like the creepy facts that go along with some of these traditions. Like honeymoons. Everyone loves a honeymoon, right? Well, they may have originated when men would kidnap someone and force them to marry them. And that was called marriage by capture. What? Yeah. And it was like 
way more common than you would think. Well, he would hide the wife away basically until her family stopped searching or she became pregnant, which then made it too late for them to nullify the marriage. Now, I will say that the name Honeymoon came way later than this. It came like 5th century, and it's when people used moon cycles to measure time. So the newlyweds would be given one moon's worth of mead, which was like honey wine, so honey, moon, and they were expected to get pregnant during that moon's time, which was a month. (sighs) Jesus Christ. I mean, I would have never survived back then. (laughs) No. So it's still creepy, even if it's just like from where it was named from, like a honeymoon, like, here you go. Here's some drink. Now go make a child. Like, this is what you must do. I mean, just think about like how many women had, I'm sure, fertility issues back in the day. And it's like, what happened to them if that happened, if they could not get pregnant? Probably killed. Or they were a witch or who knows. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So bridesmaids. So they say back in the day, bridesmaids were used really to confuse any evil spirits who intended to curse the bride on her wedding day. So they also used to like dress more like the bride than they do now. Oh. Also, while I was typing this, I typed bride so many times that I typed bridge. (laughs) Also, sorry, I probably should have said this because everybody's going to be like, was Donna your bridesmaid or whatever? No, I didn't have any because, well, this wedding happened in three days and it was very small. But my niece, Allie, and my nephew, Cole, were the flower girl and the ring bearer. Yes, and they were so adorable. They did so good. Cole, he had like a hangnail when he walked out. (laughs) And I was like, Cole, I feel you so much. Like he was like trying to get that hangnail. (laughs) Was he biting it? He was. And I was like, dude, come over here. I got a thumbnail that I need you to whittle on to. Like, I feel you so much. Also, Carrie and Colby kissed after the, like after they were married. And Cole said, well, that's the second kiss of the marriage. Yes, that was so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Really is like kids say the darndest thing. Yes, he's so cute and clever. Like yes. I don't even know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay, so with that whole theme, best man and groomsman. All right. Well, again with the marriage by capture thing, the groom would basically pick groomsmen who could fight well. Because if the bride or her family tried to stop the marriage, he needed backup. So the best man was literally the best fighter and someone, you know, who would tackle the bride before she got away. Damn. I'm like, who are all these freaking criminals and stuff? Like, I don't know. It just sounds so bad. (laughs) Veils. I've always heard. Okay, I'm jumping the gun here. Okay. But I've always heard that with arranged marriages, if the bride was not maybe your typical beauty, then they would be hidden until the, after they were married and it would be too late. So if the groom didn't think she was cute yes. or pretty, that's right. Yes. Well, they would do it to everyone so they wouldn't know like, oh, if she's wearing a veil, she's ugly. Like, yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that really is it because we know it was mostly business deals. They didn't care who their daughter married as long as they were getting something out of it. 
So yeah, the father would use the veil to keep the bride's appearance secret until the groom couldn't back out of the arrangement. I will say in ancient Rome, veils helped ward off evil spirits because apparently evil spirits, they loved weddings. I guess so. Also, people said like they helped, you know, the bride be modest and pure and all that shit too. But okay, the bridal bouquet. In ancient Greece times, brides carried bouquets to, again, guess it, ward off evil spirits. But then in the Middle Ages, people believed that bad smells could be like, you know, uh, they carry in diseases and shit. Probably is. Gangrene and stuff. (laughs) So the brides would use the bouquets to help prevent them from getting sick from the plague and shit. And also to mask their own smell, too. That's what I've always heard, that they're to mask their own scent, you know, before deodorant and such. Yeah. Well, so they would have herbs, all the things. And so basically, they would purify the air before it got to their breath with the whole, like, black plague and all the things. Well, also, on their wedding day, a bride is considered to be super duper lucky. So people would want some of that luck, and people would do dumb shit like tear parts of her dress and shit. So think Cinderella when her stepsisters ripped up her dress and stuff. Those bitches. Yeah, I hate that part. Like, it gives me anxiety. It makes me angry. Yes. Well, think of that. Then some clever bride was like, I'm going to toss my bouquet and whoever gets it will be lucky. And so then they would fight over the bouquet instead of ripping her dress and harming her in the process. Or she would throw the bouquet and she could run away and hide. So that's a whole tossing of the bouquet. And last but not least on the creepy scale, garter toss. Can I just say that I'm so glad that the garter toss and the bouquet toss has like gone away mm-hmm. like even if even if my wedding would have been in december when we planned it and like the whole shebang yeah we still would not have done those things me either it always creeps me out when people like when the groom takes the garter off the woman because it's like either it's like weird because he just like takes it off or it's even weirder because it's like hypersexual and yes. i don't want to see y'all do that yes well, I I wrote, you know, we think it's awkward because uh, it's awkward. Right. <laughs> and again, no shade if you do this at your wedding, if you did it, if you like it. But personally, I don't want him all up in my junk after I've been sweating all day and shit. And then also throw something that's been rubbing up on my thigh to one of his buddies. Yeah, I don't know that they make my size and garters. I mean, my mama, would, if she was alive, she would have to make it. For real. Be like, mama... Get you some tool and some elastic. But anyway, so back in medieval England and France, this whole like tossing of the garter thing, it was basically called fingering the stocking. So guests would go into the wedding chamber and check the bride's stocking for uh, signs that the marriage had been consummated. Mm-hmm. Which is so gross. But then it kind of changed a bit to where no one had to watch, but the couple had to do the deed like during the reception. And so the guy would come out and toss the garter or a garment as proof. Yes. And that's how that whole thing happened. And it's just like, oh, cringe. I don't know. Also, people are still there. I want to hang out with people. And also, I mean, I'm all about having sex, having fun. I never look good after sex, okay? Like, never. Right. Ever. So I am not one of these people that can, oh, let me fix my hair a little bit. And, oh, I look perfect. I'm not coming back to the reception after that. Uh Uh-huh. Like, so I'm done. So I'm not missing my whole thing because we had to do it right now. 
But there is one thing I'm doing, and that's taking my Cara vitamins daily. Look, when you are stressed and, you know, you're trying to jam-pack a year's worth of things into three days, you need a little help with your vitamins. And if you don't know, Care-of is a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month, and we absolutely adore them. Here's what you do. You go on their website. You know we're going to give it to you. And you're going to take this in-depth quiz about your lifestyle, what your goals are for your health. And it's going to create a personalized recommendation that just helps eliminate the confusion and the overwhelming when you go to the drugstore and you see all these freaking vitamins and what are they for and which ones do you need. You take this quiz and Care-of tells you which ones you need. And I think what my favorite part about Care-of is, is that after you take your quiz, you sign up and when they send you your vitamins, it it comes in a box of daily separated out vitamins. So you don't have to put them in your little pill thing. It's already separated out by day for everything that you need. And the little package that it comes in, it's plant-based compostable film. But like my favorite thing is it says your name on it. Yes. It's very personalized. It really is. And it's those little details that matter. But also each shipment comes with a customized booklet and it shows you exactly what's in your daily packets and why it's specific for you and your health goals. So go to takecareof.com and enter code CREEP50 for 50% off your first care of order. That's T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E of dot com and enter creep five zero for fifty percent off your first care of order. One more time, take care of dot com enter code creep fifty for fifty percent off your first care of order. All right. So like we said, I'm gonna tell you the story and what we had originally planned since she was gonna get married, we were just gonna both do two short stories. So I did a short story. And then, well, you know all that happened. So my story's a little shorter, but hopefully it's still enjoyable for you. I'm going to tell you about Laura Schaefer, and she is known as the Burning Bride. See why I wanted to do this story? Mm-hmm. Thank God I wasn't burn, burning up. Yes. Girl, I was burning up at that reception. I don't know what happened. Well, everybody asks you, like, do you want this? Do you da da blah, blah, you know? And I was like, look... The only, I don't care. Like everything was, do you want this? I'm like, I don't care. Whatever you think. I truly, I don't care. I just want this to happen, you know? But I did tell them, I said, my only high maintenance request is, can we please turn the air down? Because when we went and we were talking to them, it was so hot in that conference room. I mean, like my back was sweating. And so I was like, the only thing I care about is, can we turn this air down? Well, and it was cool. Oh yeah. I think it was when the reception and everyone stood up and it got too people in there. Yes. And so it was like, oh, all our body heat is like together. We're walking around. We're trying to get food. We're trying to do this. Like, Which that food was so good. It was just like, oh, God, I'm hot. And once I get hot, it takes me a minute to cool down. <laughs> Colby was so hot. My brother-in-law, Mark, said, man, did somebody spill something on you? He goes, no, brother, I sweat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this story takes place in Alexandria, Virginia, way back in the day, 1868. We're talking about the Schaefer family. Christian and Susan Schaefer had immigrated from Germany and they opened a candy shop in town. They really made a name for themselves in town, very well liked. There were six children and we're focusing on the youngest daughter, Laura. 
She was 26 years old and was regarded as one of the most beautiful women in Alexandria. She was engaged to a man named Charles Tennyson. That just sounds fancy. It really does. His family owned a restaurant, but he was a soldier and they had been together for a while, but they were waiting till the war was over to get married. Well, that time had finally arrived and the whole town was overjoyed for their wedding. Because as Laura was known for her beauty, Charles was known for his kindness of heart and agreeable manners. And that was quoted in the Washington Evening Star. The Schaefers lived above their candy shop. And it was after dinner on June 27, 1868, when tragedy struck. Laura was getting ready for bed, you know, washed up everything. But she wanted to try on her wedding dress one last time before the big day was finally here because it was supposed to be like the next day. She was nervous, you know, just wanting to make sure everything was right. And so she did. However, she remembered that she needed a handkerchief. And so she went across the hall to her father's room. She wanted to get one before she forgot it because she knew that she would be too busy the next day to remember it. So she's like, hey, let's just mark this off the list right now. And remember, it's way back in the day, so she used a kerosene lamp to help her navigate. And so she had just got inside her dad's room when the glass broke on the lamp. The unthinkable happened. That hot oil got onto her dress, and then the flame from the lamp set it ablaze. (gasps) Now back then, they didn't know the whole stop, drop, roll thing that we were taught as kids. So she was panicking something fierce because she didn't really know what to do. The fire was spreading faster and faster and the fabric was quickly burned through and the fire reached her skin. When that happened, Laura ran out of fear. Needing help, she threw the lamp into the hearth, trying to like put it out, but that actually started a small fire in her dad's room. But Laura continued to run and scream for help. She made her way downstairs, and finally her mother and brother-in-law, who lived there, heard her, and her mother tried to put the fire out, but Laura's body was engulfed in flames by now, even her hair. Her mom failed to help Laura, and she even injured herself while helping her daughter. Her arm was badly burned. The brother-in-law had a long coat on, so he threw it around Laura, and luckily it muffled the flames. The fire upstairs in Mr. Schaefer's room was put out via a blanket by the grandmother who shared a room with Laura. So what sucks is if Laura hadn't run, her grandmother might have been able to help her before she was so badly injured. But Laura, I mean, that girl was on fire. Yeah, like, but not in the like, okay, let's play. Not in that way. I'm not blaming her at all because I, what the fuck do you do? Right. Panic sets in. Like, they, like literally. Fight or flight. Yeah. L- like, yeah. And again, it's been like embedded in our skulls about stop, drop, and roll from school and stuff now. But back then it wasn't. But okay, back to Laura. She was in severe pain and had to wait while the doctor arrived. But they learned that her injuries were fatal and there was nothing he could do. No one reported if she was treated with any painkillers, but there was a form of morphine available at the time. But again, nothing was reported. Laura was alive for 15 more hours. So she wasn't given any pain meds. That meant she was in extreme agony for those remaining hours of her life. Jeez, poor thing. The doctor was quoted as saying her burns were to the consistency of a crisp. 
Oh, Jesus. I am hoping someone gave her something to ease her pain. Because I don't think I could sit there and listen to someone in complete agony for 15 hours. But her family did. They gathered around her and Charles, her fiance, never left her side. And sadly, at 11 a.m. on June 29th, Laura passed away. Obviously, Charles did leave her side then. And he went out for a drink. He called his friend Henry Green and said, hey, I need a drinking buddy. And his friend was like, 100, don't worry about it. I got you. So they went to a place called Downham and Green, question mark. I got the green part. Don't know about the Downham. (laughs) But now what I could find is it said it was a wholesale liquor store. But it said that Henry, the friend, was a member of it. So I was like, is this a Sam's Club version of a liquor store? I don't know. But if it is, Creep Mom needs to be a member of that store. Or like like a country club, maybe. Oh, uh, maybe. But why does it say wholesale? I don't know. But on with the story. Henry and Charles were at this place still. And there was a bar room there. Which again, at Sam's, they have that little, that little place that you can buy a hot dog and some pizza. But Henry fixed them some pints and they drank. Sometimes in silence, sometimes rehashing memories of Laura. But finally, Charles said he was done and had enough booze for the day. So Henry got the glasses and was going to clean them. His back was turned for just a couple of seconds when he heard a gunshot. (gasps) He turned to see Charles collapse on the floor. He had just shot himself. Charles did not die immediately. He was taken to his father's house where a surgeon and a doctor examined him. They said the bullet was lodged in his head and there was nothing that they could do for him. Charles succumbed to his wounds at 3.20 p.m., which was only a few hours after Laura had passed away. It was a tragic loss for the community and their families. They say on the day that was supposed to be the happiest of their lives, their wedding day, The two instead had funerals. Their only hope is that Laura and Charles were reunited in death. So now you know why Laura is called the Burning Bride. But let me tell you, that story is true, but that part is not. What part? The wedding dress part. Oh. She was engaged to Charles, but it wasn't the night before she was going to get married. Like, no one confirmed that. And they said that no one's confirmed that it was her wedding dress that caught fire. People said it was a nightgown. So I just wanted to clear that up. But people changed it to be more like romantic and all the things, you know. They were engaged. It really did happen. And I mean, it was super tragic. But of course, to amp up the, Mm -hmm. you know, the storytelling, she became the burning bride. So what really happened? I mean, that is what happened. It was just a nightgown instead of her wedding dress. I can't say the burning bride and you'd be like, it was a nightgown. It wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? Right. But I wouldn't be talking about it if there wasn't some paranormal aspect to it. And we can all assume that tragedy and a loss like that can leave behind energy. Laura and Charles were inseparable. They were like the fairy tales, you know, like the true love's kiss, you know, (laughs) that whole thing. They were that couple. And Laura to be in such agony and pain before her life ended. And then Charles to have to watch her suffer and then end his life like that. There's just so much pain and loss there. So people say that the building where the Schaefers lived and worked is haunted. They said that there's both a male and female spirit there. They've heard a woman's voice whisper hello in a gentle yet still creepy way because, um, hello, it's disembodied. 
But in the basement, there's a male presence that seems to be very overprotective, and it seems to kind of make the place seem claustrophobic. Others have felt a sense of unfulfilled longing to the point of making them very melancholy. There was one of the owners who heard a disembodied voice tell her, enough! And then in the Christmas shop that's there, merchandise seems to be knocked down randomly throughout the night and the display's messed up. Okay, first of all, disembodied voice, don't yell at me. And second of all, don't make me have to clean up after you. Right? And third of all, a Christmas shop, yes, because it's called the Christmas Attic. Well, that sounds like a place I need to go. Exactly! But you know that shit in there is probably expensive and breakable, Mm -hmm. so don't be knocking shit over. Right? They got a 50% off sale, I definitely go. (laughs) Some have seen a white ball of light in the third story bedroom that was Laura's bedroom. And some people say they feel a burst of air on the staircase. Some say it's hot air. Some say it's cold air. There have been sightings of a weeping woman in a wedding dress by children. Well, that could only happen if she was actually in her wedding dress and not a nightgown. Right. But, and again, I couldn't find anything to confirm it was one way or another. But if it was like old school nightgown, it could kind of look like a wedding dress. Yeah. You don't know what you're looking at, you know? True. Now, one time the building was a real estate office. And when it was that, there was an employee who said she heard a noise coming from an upstairs room. And when she tried to open the door to the room, she couldn't. But it wasn't like it was just locked. It was like something was holding it shut. And so she was determined to figure out what was going on, what was making that noise. So she continued to try to open it and she finally succeeded. But when she did, she got knocked down by a gust of scorching hot wind. Remember me saying people have experienced that before. Mm -hmm. And when she looked inside the room, no one was there. Another time, an employee heard a woman screaming in pain, and it sounded like someone running down the stairs and falling onto the floor, but no one was there. And then again, when the place was the Christmas attic, they had a boyfriend bench or the husband bench, and it's right inside the store where all the men would sit when their wives were shopping. Well, the store reported that a man was sitting there, and he felt a blast of hot air go right through him and out the front door. Well, he stood up, went to the front counter, and he was like, hey, I think something might be wrong with your system. Just kind of letting you know. And the women just nodded behind the counter. They were like, yeah, we hear that a lot. I've never understood, like, the bench for the men to be sitting while the women are shopping. If I'm buying Christmas decorations or Halloween decorations or any of the above, Colby is right there with me being like, let me see. What? Oh, you like this one? Uh-huh. Oh, I love this one. Or, oh, do you like this one? Or, no, I don't like that one. And even clothes. Like, I can understand if we've been there for a bit and, like, he's literally exhausted. But, like, usually I'm like, what do you think of this one? Or, I like this one for you. Or, you know, it's, yeah. That's so, like, antiquated and it pisses me off. Yes. I'm glad they're hot. (laughs) Ghost and graveyard tours would make a stop at the building and tell the story of the burning bride. And on several occasions when people would talk about Laura, the lantern that hangs in the shop would sway. But, of course, the most common experience is people smelling smoke or something burning. But, of course. That's what you said. (laughs) And that is a story of Laura Schaefer, who is better known as the Burning Bride. So while you were doing all your research for all these stories to cover my butt while I was out for everything, did you wear your feet with gray so your eyes wouldn't get tired? I did. I sure did. Learned your lesson that time, didn't you? I really did. Y'all, Felix Gray is back. 
duh, as you can tell. And y'all know how much we love Felix Grey. We got our glasses. They're blue light glasses. And look, they're the OGs. These lenses filter out 15 times more blue light than any other glass. And that dang blue light, it makes screen time so tough on your eyes and so disruptive with your sleep. But see, like, you can get blue lights from phones, tablets, computers, TVs, like, everything. It's not just, like, your phone. You don't think about your TV. You know, you watch TV and then you go to bed. But here's the thing. Too much time in front of these screens can give you headaches, blurry vision, dry and tired eyes, and trouble sleeping. So, again, you watch TV before you go to bed. You're playing on your phone. You're reading a book on your tablet. And it really does impact your sleep. When I don't wear the Felix Grey glasses and I'm on my computer a lot, my eyes really are dry. I rub them constantly and then that's not good for them either. So then I've like rubbed them raw. It's a whole thing. So Felix Grey all the way. Oh, I like that. Okay. Here's also what makes Felix Grey pretty awesome is that they have a bunch of styles that you can choose from, but like the not so many that it's overwhelming kind, there's something for everyone. There's smaller frames, there's larger frames, there's, they can be prescription. They don't have to be prescription. They can be readers. They have some for kids. Literally anything you can think of, they've got. And you know what else they have? Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. And you know, if the way that Donna and I, both of our heads are shaped, if we can find glasses from the same place and them look good on us, y'all got to give them a shot because our heads are shaped so differently. Yes, they are. (laughs) And they have like the sizes, like not like small, medium, extra large. Like they have like, okay, this is how wide this frame is. This is how blah, 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 blah. So you can really compare it and see what it's going to look like on your face. So like Donna said, for free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, go to felixgrayglasses.com slash creep. That is F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash creep. You got to get your free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, all at felixgrayglasses.com slash creep. C-R-E-E-P. Either way, if she was in her wedding dress, a nightgown, all the things, it's a tragic love story. It really is. I feel so sorry for both of them, but Charles, I feel so bad for him feeling like that was the only way out. Yeah, I wish he could have gotten some help. But man, that like... How she was on fire for so long and like the running for help and all that literally hurts me. Yes, because you know, the running just ignited it even more. Well, and that's so painful. I don't even want to think about it. I don't know. I really hope she had medicine. And even if her wedding wasn't the next day, it still was like that joyful time. Everything was coming together. It seemed the war was over he was home and it was just like an ordinary night though like they had just like closed up shop ate you know all were getting into bed and then their daughter died from a freak accident like no one's fault right and not hers either no absolutely not i hope charles and larg were reunited and i hope it's not their ghost who's still there who came up with stop, drop, and roll, I wonder? Like, why was that like, like, think about the first time that fire was like, ooh, fire, this is fire, this is, okay, this is a good <laughs> thing, okay, hey, let's cook some food on there. Like, think about the very first time that fire got out of control. Like, how did people learn how to be like, okay, I'm going to use this fire to heat me up, make things, 
cook things. <laughs> and then the first person that touched it was like, oh, shit, that hurts. Why are we doing this? Right. Like, like, why didn't they shut that shit down and go, no, that shit hurts you. Don't do it. And just like, okay, cool. That's like eating a poisonous flower and then be like, yeah, but if I did this with it, it wouldn't poison me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Beyond my comprehension. There's not much that is within my comprehension. But what is, is how much we appreciate y'all loving and supporting us like we are your best friends because we are. Yes, we are. So thank y'all so much for listening to my long drawn out story at the beginning of this. And I'm sure more details than y'all ever wanted to know. But you know, some people like the deets, some people don't. That's okay. But I really do appreciate every message that I got, every comment on every picture. It really does mean the world to me and Colby. So thank y'all so very much. And remember. Oh my God, you have a new last name. Sorry. Yeah. Creep it real. Oh, let's do it all again. Okay, okay. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.